0: Harsha Scheinstein, welcome to our opinion. This is the Best and we are going to talk about, this is based on the team session, and i motivation. Motivation and where do decisions come from? We come from a generation in which, a um, few generations ago, people were used to being told what to do. Do this, do that. There were the, the leaders and there were the followers. There were the teachers and the students. The leader tells me what to do, and I have to follow, and I have to do it. That was the way it was. And it doesn't really matter what I think. Those are in the olden days. It doesn't really matter what I think. Or or it's it's basically I have to follow the rules and be told what to say. This was, it sounds ridiculous now, but this was a very classical way of living. It's called, officially, if we want to loosely apply that name, Kabbalah salt. Now we live in a generation where it's grassroots and the people... The people have an input. And you see that in every business, in every company, in every group, in everything, that it actually matters what the people think. And it's not just about being told from above what to do and be, and what to think, but the people, from a grassroots point of view, have an input and their input um, adds to the strength of what's coming from the teacher. So it, it actually enhances what the teacher is saying. So, if that's all the case, and we're going to look for just a few minutes at the Shichah, and see where that's coming out of. Because that whole change from the leaders tell you what to do, and just do whatever they say, to the people take over, that all comes through Parshish Shachim. So, we're going to look into this about Shachim, and the Aleph. Because in the parsha, the Parsha says You should have Shaitrim, Shaitrim and Shaitrim in every one of your gates. What does that mean? You need a lawmaker, someone to tell you the rule, and then someone to enforce the rule anywhere. And it says, "In all of your gates. Now just let's think about this for a second. You're driving into a parking lot to park your car. So there's a, there's a rule maker. The rules are written down there. You know, three hours cost this much, four hours cost this much. Leave your car overnight, you leave, it, then this happens and that happens. There's somebody who tells you the rule, and then there's someone who enforces the rule. So what happens? Enforces means what happens if you don't want to keep the rule? What will they do? Those are the two things. A shite tells you the rule, a that enforces the rule. You have to have one in every single case. Every single gate, wherever you go, you're walking from in your house to out of your house. Ah! Oh, sorry. Ah, I'm we always ruin the recording by having these animals jump on us. Okay. <laughs> these recordings are known for this. So for the, the shriek at the squirrels. So, um, so this idea that wherever you're going, you're going through a gate. You're going through a shark. You're going in, of the, in the house, out of the house. That's a gateway. From one room to another, that's a gateway. From, you know, sleep to waking up. Anything. You're going you're going through this doorway in life every single minute. And you always have to have a rule maker and a rule enforcer. You have to know, you know, what's to sit down to eat? What's the rule? Uh, don't eat too much. <laughs> right? Okay, how do you enforce it? I mean, you know, whatever. Call your sponsor and they tell you, don't eat too much. Whatever it is. So every gateway, that is what it says classically in Tyra And that's where we want to live with, what we want to live with. How do, you, how do you walk through a gateway from one reality, one level to another, from one moment to another? How do you do it right? Especially in a generation where nobody wants to be told what to do. So the old way was, the guy with the big stick we will look in a second. In Geula, the whole thing changes. The year, the Navi of the Geula, Yeshaya says, Bring back your Shaysim, like it was, and you're your Atom. So that's implying that in every gateway, you're going to have, again, the rule giver and the rule enforcer. But here, you have a rule giver like you did before, but the enforcer has a totally different name and a whole different way of doing things. So the question is, what's the shift? What's the change? We'll see in a second. Um, because we're in a situation, as we were told by the Friedrich Rebel Lauter, the Chuvla Lauter, we finish everything, including, including even having finished polishing the buttons, as was said in the Sikha of Simcha Syrus, 1929. 1928, actually. Tafraish Paytet. 1928, the previous laboratory Rebbe said, in the Sikha on Simcha Syrus, we have completed, uh, well, he spoke about, sorry, the. Sorry. Polishing the Buttons was said by the Friedrich Rebbe, Simchus Pera Kachresh Pesach, 1928. I, it it, it looks like many years later, that was probably when the Friedrich Rebbe said, it's like you have an, a uniform in the army and everything's done, and all you need to do is polish the buttons. So I believe at that time he said, all we need to do is polish the buttons. Many years later, I, I, in the mems, in the 80s, around the time of Hey Tavis, or right after Hey Tavis, I think, I think, the Rebbe then spoke and said, the buttons are now already polished. Perhaps the Rebbe spoke earlier than that to say that the buttons are already already polished. So, but at this point here, by 1991, the Rebbe was saying, the buttons are already polished, so what do we have to do? We don't have to polish the buttons. We don't have to, have to do chuba. It's not any of that. But rather, what we have to do now is Amdu <clears> Kuchen. <throat> stand ready. Stand ready to receive Mashiach, to Name Mashiach T'keinu, take of Niyamah That's all there is to do. Okay. And therefore, says the Rebbe, it's understood that we are now standing at the time of the beginning of the fulfillment of the future. Bring back your Shaitim. Bring back your Shaitim your rule makers, and your your rule enforcers that are the style. And not only them, k'vatchila. we are we already have the beginning of it. This is not a question of asking Hashem, please send back your Shaysim and your it's already begun. We're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of the beginning of it. We're into the beginning of it. So, of course, a few questions that have come up, and one is um, how come in Galus the rule enforcer is, in the Chumash, the rule enforcer is the Shaiter? And in Geula, the rule enforcer is the Yayet. Who are these people? What do they do? And um, how come about Shaf it says Rishayna and Yeratayech it says Different word, and then also, um, how come it says, it, it says shapayich your are your very personal, and in the chumash it just says, <coughs> excuse me, shaytim and very general. Okay, and here's the answer. What is the shayter, the old style rule enforcer? He's the guy with the big stick. Rashi says. Elo a Um the Rambam says here in Shaitin, Elu Adyanam, Akayin the Vaisdin, the Baladinu, Bain Vusam, Shrikim, Elu Balimaka Varasua. Um he says, these are the Dayanam um for the Basedin that go before us, and Shaitrim, the Shait the Shaytrim, the one who tells you the law. He will always have a job. The what the Shaistin, the those who are appointed by Hashem, Sanhedrin, etc., Rabbanim, to tell you what the Halacha is, what the rule is. And then the Shaitrin, says the Rambam, are Bale Makala Ritsua, the guys with the big stick. We're ready to give you a clap. Remember the old policeman with the billy stick? That, picture the billy stick, the old style policeman, policeman Paul with his billy stick. And you give a clap on the head to a criminal. No more billy sticks, obviously. But in the olden days, the the sh- the rule enforcers had a billy stick. And they were ready to give somebody a, a knack to stop them from doing the wrong thing. And Rashi says, um, in Sanhedrin, um they give a the person a knack with their stick um, to anybody that doesn't listen to the rule makers. The shayfim are the rule makers. So, if any, so Rashi says, if anybody is not listening to the shayfim, he tells you the halacha, and they give you a knack with the stick to say, hey bud, you better listen or else. So, this is the old classical system. Somebody tells you the rule, and we're talking about Galatical rule, and somebody has to make sure you're going to keep it. Because deep in Gullus you have a very fiery Sahara. And you could have reasons why you don't want to keep the rule. You know, well, I'm glad that this is the rule. I don't want to keep it. Right? Only eat you know, don't eat anything after six PM. Mhm. <laughs> I don't want to keep the rule. Okay, that's not a halakha. Right? Let's say let's say I have a diet coach, a nutrition coach and you know, a health coach. And she tells me no eating after six PM I don't want to listen, quite honestly. I even have my reasons why I don't want to listen to her. So then the old way is she would have a stick. Not going to come to my house with her stick, but it's a subtle stick. It's a sophisticated stick. She might say, "Um, "Okay, you know, why don't you go have your some blood work done, and they'll tell you what's doing with your your sugar level." And then you do it, and say, "Oh my goodness! Oh, you're right. I told you so." (laughs) Right? And then she gives you a knock like a zet, and says, "Listen, tough love. You better do it." You're not gonna. You're not gonna get the rules of bend for you. You just better do this. If you want to be listen, if you want to be healthy, you're paying me to help you be healthy. So you just you have to do it. And if you you can't do it, I don't know. We have this call to remind you, or we have we have we have a get yourself a sponsor. And when you feel like you're going to eat after 6 p.m., you call your sponsor and she dizzes you over the head, stop eating now, don't do it, <laughs> right? Okay. So I'm saying, and then obviously the halachic equivalent of that. This is the time-honored system in L'Chumash, Parsha Shaitin, Shaitin B'Shaitin. In every gateway, every transition that you go through in your life, from moment to moment, from sitting in a chair to standing up, you just went through a gate. From standing to sitting. From standing on your porch to walking down, walking onto the sidewalk. From anything, you just went through a gateway. You always need to know, what's the rule? Put on a jacket, it's cold outside. How do you enforce that? You open the door and you're about to go out onto the street. What's the rule? Put on a jacket. You look at the weather forecast, it says it's 30, it's 20 degrees below zero. The rule is wear a jacket. No, I don't want to wear a jacket. Right? Who's going to enforce that rule to make sure you do it? And we have many systems in place. Now, that entire thing changes. That entire thing changes about how to enforce the rules. That entire thing changes. So, um, as the Rebbe says, the difference between shaystim they tell you the rule, and shaitrim, they write in this arm, what I just said. They have the stick. It may be a physical stick. It may be an emotional stick. It may be um, a motivational stick. It's always basically a stick. The point of it is, what is the stick there to say? The stick has one conversation. You better do it or else. I want to go to the wedding and I want to eat all those pastries. Listen, you better not eat the pastries or else you're going to gain five pounds. That's a you'd better do it or else. That's the stick. Period. That is the stick. So, um, okay, so that means um, Okay, now, now we want to switch it. And we're used to that. We, we need to force ourselves. We need to get somebody else to force us. We, we need that little stick. And when you analyze everything in your life, in general, we are used to the stick. You better do it or else. You better do it or else. You better do it. Or we talk to ourselves like that. You better do it, you know. Get up. You know, some people write themselves notes. I know somebody that used to write themselves a note that they would look at it in the morning and say, get up now. Don't just Don't just sit around. Get up and get going. Hurry up. You have an appointment. Don't miss the appointment. Get up. They would basically scream at themselves. They would write a note that's going to scream at them. That's a stick. You know, or else maybe people might put, um, they write a note for themselves in the kitchen and they walk into the kitchen first thing in the morning and what does the note say? Don't eat junk. Here, I'm going to give you an example. Somebody told me that there's this woman who um she loves cheesecake and all this stuff and she just couldn't stay she wanted to be on a diet, but she couldn't stay on a diet because she just loved cheesecake. And so, um, you know, she and and all these other things and uh she just it just wasn't working for her her diet. So what did she do? She um she gets up in the morning and she eats flesh can you believe this? She gets up in the morning and she eats flayshak right away, first thing, so that she can't eat cheesecake. In other words, she basically created her own stick. That that one I'm not going to violate. All the other motivational techniques I'm going to violate. This one I'm not going to eat cheesecake after after that I won't do. After after you know, a piece of chicken. So she'll get up first thing in the morning, put a piece of chicken in her mouth, and then she's good for six hours. I guess she has a weakness to have to have cheesecake with her coffee. That's a stick. It's basically a rule that she's willing to respect that says, you better not eat cheesecake with your coffee or else. Okay, so we got the idea. This is the old Gola system. Now, the Gaula way, as brought up by Yeshaya, is Vashiva um, Shiktayev and Hashem, bring back, I will bring back my team, the lawmakers, and Yosayach. And I will bring back the Yosayachim. Where's the scheiter? Where's the guy with the stick? He's gone. His job was given to someone else. He, who was it given to? A yaye. What's a yaye? Coach? life coach. You know? A skilled life coach. An advisor. We'll see in a second what an advisor does. An advisor doesn't use a stick. An advisor doesn't use a stick at all. I'm going to give you an example. Um, My very first time that I came to 770, 40 years ago, I, I, I wasn't going to, I'm not going to say it was the most wonderful experience. I wasn't used to you know, all the men are downstairs seeing them and the women are upstairs behind this glass and you can't see very well. And, and again, I didn't understand that. You know, I was used to a shul where, you know, you were side by side and you looked through the mechita. And again, it's only for practical reasons. It's not for, God forbid, so chauvinistic reasons. If anything, chauvinism, maybe we could say Judaism is chauvinistic, but the women are, in, the women are number one and the men are number two. <laughs> so it is a little bit chauvinistic, especially in Geula, you know, everything is The women are the leaders, and the women are the wise ones, and the women, the women, the women. So maybe Judaism is a little bit chauvinistic in favor of the women rather than the men. (laughs) But it looks a little... So there I was, and we were upstairs, and I couldn't see well. And this woman, Govein Gesunt, is really very special. She didn't say, move out of the way so I can see. That would be a stick. You know, I've been here for years, and you just came. So that would be a stick. She was very clever. She used a motivational technique. She said, you know, I think you'll be more comfortable and be able to see better if you stand like this. And then she went to each person at the front and said, if you if you turn your, your shoulder like that, you'll see better. And she said to the other one, if you turn your head like that, you'll see better. And she had everybody, and everybody said, oh, thank you. And she had everybody positioned and then she had this full view. <laughs> but everybody said, thank you, thank you. She was so clever how she every motivated everybody to sort of stand a little bit to the side so she could see. <laughs> but so but in truth, who re- who replaces the the guy with the stick? Who replaces the shite there? The guy he's an advisor. He doesn't tell you what to do. He is so skillful or she is so skillful that she arouses your inner will to want to Make changes on your own. You're not doing it for her because she told you. There's no kick. You're not only. You're not even doing it because you're afraid to. She's skillful enough to arouse the the etim of your nefesh. You know your panemius of your neshama that has a whole different value system, and it's yours. It's you, and she touches that place in you and inspires that place in you that makes you feel like you have a much bigger vision than this petty stuff and you want to move toward that vision. And she inspires you to find the wherewithal in yourself to move toward that vision. So, that's the difference. And why will that happen in Mashiach time? because there won't be any more Yatsahara as it says in Gemara Sukkah. And it says, The spirit of impurity will be taken away from the earth. No one will have a yetsahara anymore, and therefore, um, every, no one will have the junk that gets in our way that um, um, blocks us from really... Um, uh, following our deepest will. In other words, picture this. We have a, a deep, uh, an inner will, our deepest will, <clears throat> motivated by our neshama, and we have a more external will, will. My inner will is I want to eat the most healthy food in the most healthy proportions at the healthiest time because I want to be vibrant and healthy. That's my inner will. My external will is I just want to eat that pastry now. That's my external will. They're both my will. In the olden days, my inner will was deep inside and I didn't have much access to it. That's the time we were up to in history. It was hard to access it. Almost impossible. The could. So all we could experience was our external will. I want the pastry now. So you needed, you needed people set up to deal with your external will that's going to just take over and try to run your life or run the world. And your external will doesn't have your best interests in mind. How many pastries can you eat before, you know, the doctor or the dietitian says, well now you really, (laughs) you know, how many? So, But we were dealing with external will. That was what was loud. The quiet, 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 quiet voice was the internal will that even we didn't experience. The internal will is based on a vision of yourself in a whole state, in a refined state, in a geula state that um, was difficult to feel. And only in Yumaise Mashiach the climate will be such that you'll be able to feel it very easily. And you'll wonder why in the world you ever wanted to eat all those dumb pastries. You know, what was I thinking? Well, you were in a climate that fostered it. And in Gu'ula, you will not be in a climate that fostered it. That's why it says also that after 120, okay, we should all live forever. After 120, a person goes up and they're judged and they watch the movie of what they did, and and they're just in shock. Why? They they ask themselves, what was I thinking? When they see all the things that at the moment they're like, yeah, I want to do it. After 120, they look at it all and say, what was I thinking? What, what was I drunk the whole time for 120 years? What was I thinking? Why did I want to do those things? It was so counterproductive to my dream and my vision of whom I wanted to become. What was I thinking? Well, what you were thinking was you were thinking within a climate that encouraged you with that ridiculous thinking. Everybody else was thinking that. Everybody struggles with their diet. Whether what to eat or when to eat or how to eat or how much to eat, everybody struggles. What are we thinking? We're in a climate where it's just like that. So when the climate is like that in Galas, it's a very big struggle. Geula, Hashem just pulls the struggle out, throws it away. No more struggle. Oh my goodness. All of a sudden, what just pops out at you? Your inner deepest will, which is very healthy. The external thinking is quite unhealthy and dysfunctional. The inner thinking is highly functional and very godly, and very beautiful, and very healthy. And when it pops out at us, because all the other junk got moved out of the way in Gaula, we don't need anybody to hit us with a stick and say, you better do it. Believe me, I'm not planning. In Gaula, nobody's going to eat, you know, three pastries. You know how everybody at the weddings, they take a whole plate full of... You know, all the pastries, you know, one of these and one of those and one of them, and then the ice cream and then this and then, that. and everybody goes home with a stomach ache. Nobody's going to do that in Google. It won't even seem exciting. It will just seem ridiculous. Why are they wasting money on this garbage? You know, a bunch of sugar in, in square forms, round forms, this. <laughs> just give everybody a box of sugar and let them get high. What's going on? In Geula, none of that will be there. So why would you need somebody with a stick saying, don't don't eat pastries? Why would I eat pastries? What am I, nuts? That stuff isn't healthy. In Geula, then what will you need? There won't be a climate that will encourage you to for that stuff. You'll imagine going to, you know, one of these spiritual retreats. Uh, let's say, you know, some kind of a a week-long group where, you know, they, somebody said they took this group of women for a week to Florida to this spa where they were just juicing the whole week and um, maybe maybe having healthy salads and juicing and doing exercises and firing shioram and, you know, just fantastic for a week. And everybody, it was just amazing. You think everybody is feeling good and energetic and, and, and they're bringing on it and they're. You think anybody comes along to you know comes into that group and, in the middle of it by day five when everybody's loving it and they're saying, Hey, I'm afraid to go home. You think when somebody comes in and says, Hey, hey, you want to go out for hot dogs and French fries and and Coca-Cola to the kosher duggies over there? What? <laughs> Nobody's going to be interested. I mean, there's a point to which you're still addicted to it. But once it's out of your system, know I don't want to go for hot dogs and french fries and Coca-Cola. What are you thinking? Who are you talking to? You know, it's like sometimes the missionaries, or you see them in very firm neighborhoods, and they're going to go door to door, and you say, what are you guys doing here? This is ridiculous. You're going to go door to door and talk to everybody about your missionary stuff. What are you Crazy. Go, what are you doing? There's not the place for it. So in Gaula, the climate will be not the place for it. Nobody's inspired by negative, by bad, gullish stuff, overeating, over this, over that, yay the stuff. So now you're going to have a rule. Okay. Who's going to inspire you to keep the rule? Well, so first of all, your nishama is all you need to inspire you to keep the rule. Well, yes, but Tyra says you need more than that. It's interesting. You would think you'll want to keep the rule. There will always be somebody to tell you the rule because again, right now, should I stand up or sit down? Standing is good, sitting is good. So I just, just tell me what to do. Tell me the rule. How do you know in davening? what to stand for and what to sit for. I would think of it myself. I wouldn't know. So, we will always have somebody to tell us the rule, the halacha. And believe it or not, we will still need a motivator to keep the rule. Who will that motivator be? The yayet. What will he do? She? She will inspire the deepest part of my nishama, which has the vision of me growing more and more and more in Gaula and she will inspire me to step more deeply into my neshama vision deeper and deeper and deeper. As they call it in the world of marketing, step into a bigger circle and then another bigger circle and then another bigger circle and then another bigger circle. Go from success to success. Ye'lochum We won't stay stagnant. The yayas will probably, the advisor, will not be there to make sure we do the right thing. Our neshamas will make sure we do the right thing. But the yayas, the advisor, will be so skillful that she helps us figure out how to go from one level to the next to the next. Not just, I'm good, and I'm stagnant. I don't do anything wrong. If that's all that Geulah is about, we don't do anything wrong. Oh boy, seriously? How boring can you get? We'll never do anything wrong. That's just very stagnant. Hashem's Geulah is not stagnant. It's dynamic. It's We will erst understand life, experience life in Geulah. Gula means we will go from level to level. We will be leaping and jumping and growing and progressing and exploring and opening up and blossoming and all those good things, plus, plus. Who's going to help us really step into that potential? Not just remain good, but really Take a chunk, you know, take a bite out of my potential, my inner potential, my talent, my ability. If I can speak one language, then I can speak, two. why not learn five languages, 10, 15, just keep on learning languages. And then what will I do with those languages? Learn another musical instrument, another, what will I do with those? And Pursue success and pursue an expansiveness and a leadership that will be unbelievable. I won't be able to get there on my own. My yayates will advise me to get there. That's why today people have business coaches because they can help you get to a place in your business that you can't get to on your own because there's a lot that needs to be done to work with your potential that you can't really do from by yourself. And you don't have visibility by yourself. That will be the Yaya's. She will be the ultimate coach, the ultimate advisor, life coach that will help me move forward. She replaces the shite there, the one with the big stiff that says you better or else. It a totally different climate. The gullus climate was about you just have to make sure you don't mess up every day. You just have to make sure you, you keep clean. Just the the, the shite is just there to make sure you just keep basic halacha, or you, you just keep the rules. Don't park on the right wrong side of the street, you Lulu, and get yourself a hundred and fifty dollars ticket. What what were you thinking? You know, just park it, move your car now. That's the there. That's going to have the 8th Sahara to forget, conveniently forget to move the car. We're going to have a whole different use of the car. It will be a vehicle for amazing expansiveness and leadership and, and goodness and, 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 and nourishing and nurturing and grounding and, and creativity and all kinds of things. And the yay! will help us step into that infinitely from step to step.